Hello, everybody. This is Jill Renee Feeler, and welcome to this week's podcast. We gather together once a week to share messages from innate wisdom, what I call our eternal self energy, and things that really, it's almost like you can think of your uh, your God self, your the God energy, the source creator God wants us to know, wants to remind us of while we're in this very strange and highly distorted, easily manipulated reality called Earth. Okay, so let's get connected here <laughs> to yourself, right? I encourage you to relax your body, start taking some nice slow breaths. On this next breath, I'd like you to imagine that as you breathe in, you are breathing in this beautiful sort of crystalline, uh, white sparkly energy. And you're letting go of any of the energies in your field that are causing tension or causing anxiety or causing confusion. Good, nice deep breath and just let go of all the rest. Now, as you're breathing in this beautiful, pure crystal, beautiful white energy, I'd like you to imagine that there's a light source behind your eyeballs. So if you close your eyes, I'd like you to imagine that there is actually light coming from within you behind your eyes. Okay, good. And then imagine that your your focus, your awareness is going into that light and it's almost like a chamber, beautiful room of light within yourself. There's a quadrant of the chamber within your head. There's another quadrant down below in your throat chakra. And there's the really glorious chamber lower down within your heart. And they're all connected. There's another super chamber down below related to your physical chakras, related to your physical journey. All these wells of light within you on obviously a non-physical level. Good job. Okay. <sighs> okay. So from right here, let's get started with the message and just remind your brain that it's fun to hear things and consider things that our brain didn't, didn't know beforehand. Just allowing the brain to sort of relax that it, it may have something to ponder or maybe even learn an aha moment, a huge breakthrough could happen in exactly what we're doing alongside each other today. Okay, very good. All right, nice job. All right, so here we go. Hmm. We've been speaking lately about the temptation and invitation in your world for going into um, tense conversations and uh, polarized experiences and pick a side. You have to, you know, what team are you on sorts of things. And we want to talk more in detail about that because that will be ramping up even more, um, especially for those in the USA as it relates to the 2020 presidential election. Um, and it also relates to obviously in the UK with Brexit and really there are versions of it wherever you live. Okay versions of polarity, versions of separation, versions of strife and struggle. Okay. It takes a very intentional force of light to transcend that sort of drama. And when we look at you, we see that you are perfectly designed for such a transcendent experience. So no matter how you are wired, no matter what political affi affi affiliations or social tendencies you tend to have, all of you built yourself 
with a system of accessing the eternal self energy that you are. The part of you that that is literally eternal. It always was. That portion of energy that we're talking about, that version of energy that you are has always been. It operates beyond time. Uh, we talked a little bit about that in podcast number 203, didn't we? So this this eternal self transcends time. It's it's beyond the time-space continuum. And yet here you are, a version of the eternal self that is very much in the time-space continuum that is fully physical in many ways, well, in, in all ways, and you have these esoteric non-physical dimensional layers to you too. So let's talk about what you built in regarding this transcendence. (sighs) For some of you, it comes more naturally than others, but all of you have the ability to step back from any drama and reflect from more of the eternal self level about what is really going on here. What sorts of motivations would desire to separate, control, um, be authoritarian over, right? Be dogmatic and rigid and involve like mental programming sorts of propaganda of anyone in this group must think this way. And if you don't, then you're out. In some cases, maybe it's okay to be on the outs of that kind of uh, limited suppressive system those systems are by nature regressive. They may not look that way though. Very positive sounding, uh, pro, uh, progressive sounding ideas um, can be wrapped up in an energetic structure of actual repression, suppression. They let's give some kind of warning signs about them. You are not only not, you're not only discouraged from thinking for yourself, you are in some ways punished for thinking for yourself. So any ideas, any thoughts, any thinking that's outside that particular repressive group is demonized. It's an enemy. It's to be attacked. It's to be shut down. Uh, It's to be silenced. Um, So that sort of regressive energy pattern under the spell, guise, of something that feels or that's pitched as this is how we move forward. It is never moving forward. It is always moving. It always leads one into a downward spiral into a negative state. (sighs) Okay. So the transcendence in any for anyone in any situation comes about by accessing your free will and the power of your one that is independent of any group that is independent of any uh, slice of your human identity. Okay, the power of your one is the power of the transcendence above the drama, the separation, the control, the manipulation, the distortion, the hate, the battle, the fighting, all of those things. Okay, so for some of you, you've kind of lost your connection to your one, you've made your whole identity around a group identity. And there is very little of you outside of that. And in that structure, you are accessing very little of your eternal self. We are strongly encouraging you (laughs) to give yourself a little space to reflect on what that means for you. Do you feel free to think for yourself? Do you give yourself permission to question and contemplate and reconsider? Because that's the beginning. That's sort of the on-ramp to you restoring your sovereignty and to you enabling more of your one. Okay. 
There are so many levels of this, you guys. It happens within families. It happens within the mafia. It happens within um, cultural groups and political groups. Um, this tribalism sort of idea where you are not you're not allowed. It's, it feels as if you're not allowed to think for yourself. You're not allowed to go outside the boundaries of that, of that territory that someone has established for you. Um, that to some of you, it comes so naturally to question that. And some of you often find yourselves not in groups like that, but some of you un unknowingly have found yourselves deeply uh, embedded or committed to uh, tribes sort of, of of any of those varieties, okay? It happens in an unhealthy marriage. It happens in abusive relationships. It happens in employee and employer situations where somebody is told like, you're nothing without us. Uh, you can't leave. <laughs> if you left, it would be horrible for you. Um, you've got it so great here. And yet, if you really look at it, you're like, this is great, right? So the power of your one and the power of your sovereignty is directly tied to your claiming the free will that you have over so many things in your life. Okay. <sighs> okay. So how did this happen? <laughs> how did this happen where, where a group, not just like you, but, but very savvy, sophisticated, intelligent, well-intended individuals get caught in those systems. Um, one of the reasons it happens is because the messaging is so good. <laughs> um, the, the, the power of some really, really well-designed, uh, crafty, um, Words can hold so much power that they can be in certain circumstances beyond question. And the same crafty use of words to imply that someone that thinks differently is automatically just a horrible person or in a really disparaging uh, uh, threats of, of what they really are and all these things. Um, we're concerned about it because it's so divisive and because the main division we're concerned about is the division from between the human and, and their one. Their one, the power of their one. The best examples of overcoming challenge, of true progression, upward spiraling energies, you will find the on an individual basis, when you look at sort of the heroes and the overcomers in those instances, they knew or sensed and operated from the power of their one. Every single one of them gave themselves the power within themselves of transcendence, whatever they're transcending. Because all humans have a series of personal examples of and personal situations of overcoming, right? A group like this that would be listening to something like this or watching something like this, you have a long list of, of instances of transcendence. And maybe at some point you disconnected from that or you for forgot about that or you uh, slid into a situation where something felt bigger and more powerful than you. So you sort of forgot about the power of your one. You forgot about your pattern of transcendence. Um, or maybe you thought you were applying that same sort of personal sovereignty to a bigger group, um, a bigger purpose. But again, if that bigger system, if that bigger purpose is disconnecting its, its members from its one, it is losing the best power that it has. Because the power of a, of a, of a, the true power of a, of a progressive collective is harnessing and coordinating the power of each one within it, not in a mindless, thoughtless, uh, programmed way, not, not in an army type of fashion. Think about that metaphor right there related to the military. The mili military members, especially those that are on the front lines, they go through extensive, very well-designed training, training to not question its authority. They're told really, really um, 
positive sounding things and powerful things. Um, you know, people could die um, on, on our side and you, you just follow orders, you know, follow your training. <laughs> um, there's a lot of mind control actually involved in that. Uh, because it takes a, a high degree of suppression for an individual to intentionally take somebody's life for a cause or for a movement when there isn't a, a personal um, uh, reason related to that person did something to me. It's, it's, it's put in this really carefully designed package of ideology that would justify taking somebody's life uh, it's just, that's the extreme version of it. But like we said, there's, there's, uh, individual non-life-threatening examples that happen all over the place. So let's step way back. The ability and the reason, the ability for you to transcend these types of things, however, they may be personally affecting you in your life or you see them around you. The purpose for transcending it isn't just the purpose of transcendence. The purpose of it and why we take it so seriously is because we are so excited about what you do when you are your one. Not, I mean, not just on a personal level, but the personal level attributes of it, those, those count too, right? Any time a human is harnessing the power of God from the inside out, right? magic can happen, miracles can happen. Even if it's just record breaking, oh my gosh, look at what humans can do when they set their mind and intention and energies toward things, right? Or, or changing other people's lives. I mean, there's just, there's so many different motivations that can get anyone, anyone within human form to, to make a difference in, in your own life or in somebody else's life, etc. It, it all, acclimates into the power of the human race to overcome its own challenges for the power and glory of its one. The true power and glory of a one isn't at anyone else's expense. It's, it's for the glory of light and love in your reality. Okay. All right. Okay. So many places we can go at this point. Okay. So that drama, those invitations to mind control, um, they're not going away. They're actually being spun up a lot. Um, the more that groups are afraid about something, <clears throat> the more they rev up even unconsciously that engine of, um, of mind control and don't think for yourself, you know, you, you're not, you're not savvy enough to, you know, think for yourself or, or you just need to listen to us and follow these orders. That is actually rev. It's revved up so much in the past, even 10 years that it is uh, surprising to us, but in, in many ways, nothing surprises us on earth, but we are, uh, disturbingly impressed with how savvy those sort of spinners, manufacturers of drama, how good they've gotten at it, that a group, even, even like those here, you guys, um, can sometimes uh, be caught up in it and susceptible to it, right? <sighs> okay. So our only concern for you is that at the point of reflection upon death and um, your reunion, if you will, with your, with your eternal self energy and the afterlife, which again, we've been talking about a lot in the Spirituality 501 series in particular, there's a sense of, oh, crap, like regret, like conscious, super conscious, uh, clarity about, oh, 
dang it, <laughs> right? Uh, I could have done this and I could have been that and I could have experienced myself this way. But wow, I got really, really like sucked into uh, to this one relationship with a, like a really toxic person um, or this bigger movement that now in hindsight, they weren't even going in the direction they said they were going or, or I thought they were going. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. Hmm. This person doesn't want to name themselves, but they want to reflect on something. And I'll just let it's a he was a male form here. <sighs> What's even more disconcerting is that at the at that point of uh, departure from the body, and as Joe was describing the the connection with the super consciousness of the eternal self, the sense of uh, personal. It's not shame, but it is a sense of remorse when you've actually been a leader of those things. To be the leader, to recognize that you were actually a leader of a regressive movement that was hugely popular and was so well, uh, well um, designed and so expertly uh, messaged that it harnessed this growing mass of amazing beings. And yet the distortion of, of what we were really doing was just lost on, on my life as this person sharing here of, of that life. And it's just like, wow, not only did I, did I sort of waste my time on something, I led millions of people to uh, sacrifice their own free will and possibilities of individual creation um, and even livelihoods, in some cases, even individuals' lives. Um, oh, that just, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Oh, and the sense of um, acknowledgement the acknowledgement that earth allows for it. And almost at some points wishing that uh, you would have at some point shaken yourself loose from, from the distortion, from the lie so that you could pull yourself out of it and say, Oh my God, what are we doing here? Wait a minute. Uh, and you know, there's always an inner circle associated with a big movement like that. And um, sort of like pulling back really and stepping back and saying, okay, wait, I think we've got this like seriously wrong. That is a very, very hard thing to do um, in a leadership role, perhaps especially because you feel responsible for this momentum of like a wave of people that, that you're leading. Um, I, I wanted to share here that today because maybe it will increase the chances of, of somebody that may be in a similar role. Um, I mean, you guys are doing something very different here in terms of being able to consciously interact with eternal self energy and sort of see the uh, sort of uh, clearly see the bigger picture and the choices that are in play in every single one's life. Oh, I'm just asking, I as Jill, I'm asking if there's anything else that he wants to share there. Okay. Yeah, he does. Um, be true to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Have a, have the, the, uh, space within yourself to question, not just who, what you're doing, but who and what you are. Um, that's not common in the human race. It's not certainly not taught. It's very uh, poorly demonstrated and modeled in in most of human society. Um, if I were to speak to myself at that 55 year old version of me, I guess what I would want to say is, what if you're wrong? What if what you think is right or making a difference is actually not just wrong, but dangerous and harmful um, and regressive? 
there's a lot of power in just that. Because for most people, number one, they never ask that question of themselves. And number two, they don't give themselves ample amounts of space within their own brain, their own ego, the storyteller, to really give pause to that possibility. That possibility is very high for, for all humans on earth, that, that they're wrong, very wrong about a lot of things. And the, the carefully designed ego of, of a leader, um, somebody that feels responsible for, for anyone other than themselves, they're perhaps even more fragile and limited in their ability to authentically question themselves. But what a wonderful world that would be, if not just the leaders, but also those that, that uh, follow those leaders. And all of you are truly a leader of, of at least one, you. <laughs> Um, what a world that would be where people were taught more about how to get deep enough within yourself to question your own structure of identity and morals and values and, and what you're sure is right, all those things. So I'm going to actually ask Jill to, to talk on that. I'd be happy to. Oh, I'm just giving him a big hug. Hmm. He's looking at me and saying, your line about everyone doing the best they can with what they know is is so true. And it's it would be so great if there were major progress um, in personal tools and resources for how to know, <laughs> how to know more so that you can be more and do better, be better. Okay. All right, so he's invited me as Jill plus my eternal self to sort of uh, reflect on this and expand because I know what it's like to be a version of Jill that would not question myself, um, that was sure I was right and wouldn't, wouldn't, definitely would not make time for what if I'm wrong. Um, so I know how locked and sort of blind you can feel. It's almost like you have blinders on and you're like afraid to look at the peripheral vision of what you might be missing. There's, there's, there's a fear and maybe even an arrogance there, um, definitely ignorance there, right? So what happened for me as Jill is the more connected I felt with my eternal self energy, the more excited I got actually about what does my eternal me know that I as human Jill don't know. It felt less threatening <laughs> because because I as human Jill don't like to be wrong, <laughs> right? Um, and it's not that, and what I, yeah, what I, yeah, thank you. What I realized is I don't necessarily, I'm not as fearful about being wrong. I'm, I was my ego in a more fragile version of itself was more afraid about being seen as wrong or, or misguiding anyone, right? So when you open yourself up almost like a, like a really tight ball with blind or, you know, blinders on like, like a horse, right? They've got very different vision that can only they, and the ability to turn their head is different things like that. You put, I mean, the reason in races, they put the blinders on, they only want the horse to see what's directly in front of them so that they can run um, as fast as they can or whatever. So also maybe in the on trails or something, fear of things if horses get spooked, right? I'm not a horse expert, but I know these little things. I hope I'm right about those. And it's okay if I'm not <laughs> demonstrating it right here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but where we were going is this tight ball of energy with blinders on is not a great way to go through life, whether you're a leader or whether you are... Um, you know, a leader of one, a leader of many or a leader of one, you're one, right? You're one. Um, there's another way to do it. And that's by recognizing there's a lot that you don't know. <laughs> and there's at least a few things you probably have wrong. And that the worst thing isn't about being wrong. The worst thing is about not having the ability to recognize when you're wrong and to blindly follow uh, your own path or your own trail or somebody else's in a way that, that you don't that you don't get the bigger picture, right? So now as human Joe, I have a, an, a, a, a ever growing <laughs> kind of uh, experience at the inventory list of things I thought were true. And then at some point I'm like, 
wait, I don't believe that. Um, that doesn't sound true to me anymore. And it's, and what that means from a, from a fragile ego version of Jill is, well, that means we were wrong. Oh, am I, am I still here? <laughs> am I, am I, am I keeling over in death like a dead bug? No, I'm still here. Uh, I'm not crying. I'm not mad. I'm kind of curious and, and you can feel the expansion. Okay. So when you're in a bigger sort of bubble of yourself, you don't need blinders on because you actually want to know <laughs> when you're wrong. You actually want to know when you're missing something. Okay. So it's a, it's a much more open, uh, self-loving, self-aware sort of system. You're much more uh, conscious of, of what other people, you know, how, how you could be doing it differently, alternative or even counter sort of beliefs and truths. You, you can take it all in and not, not need blinders on because it's, it's some, just something to consider. Do you agree with it or not agree with it? You don't have to, but you might. Um, and there's something super, super exciting for in, in any, for anyone that does have sort of a, what any version of a leadership role, there's, it's very, uh, thrilling in a way to go, what if we're wrong? And now in this version of me as Jill, I do that all the time. <laughs> I really do. Um, it's like, I have it almost like a healthy debate with myself and I have a big enough field where I think I'm pretty good at it. Um, so even, you know, more controversial things that I share with you guys, it's like, well, what if I'm wrong? So we've been talking a lot about the afterlife, right? What if I'm wrong that the afterlife is not filled with, uh, you know, <laughs> false, you know, distorted beings that are trying to get us to reincarnate. If I'm wrong about that and the atheists are right, then I don't see any, I mean, I guess the biggest downside of someone even including me that would believe what I believe now if it ends up that it's the atheists are right and we just die and there's there's no eternal consciousness at all we're just on the ground then at some point it'll be like oh they were right hey there's no battle and <laughs> there's no battle in the afterlife because there would be no afterlife right so it's like okay so if I'm wrong and they're right then it would be that what if I'm wrong and there is a hell what if the Christians are right? <laughs> what, if, what if the traditional Christians are right? And that there's a hell and that I'm going there. Um, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> that would totally suck, obviously. Um, so, but see, see what I'm doing? I'm not like, oh God, you can't think about that, right? If you're, if you're super programmed in a mindset, you won't, even, you won't even have this inner conversation with yourself about what if. It, it's so like, no, you can't even think about that. That's, that's always like a red flag. Oh, you, we're not allowed to think about that. Why not? Why would you not give yourself the power and the connection to the conscious creator energy of God that is within all life? And the, I mean, humans, we have a huge range of possibilities here for how we can question ourselves, debate with ourselves, uh, make it okay to be wrong so that when you are wrong, you can get right. And, and really move forward and not beat yourself up along the way, right? You can just say, okay, I was wrong about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. Say sorry to yourself. Say sorry to whoever you need to say sorry to. But then you can, then you have the freedom to move forward in a more conscious way, in a more aligned way with what your eternal self knows is true, right? So it isn't so scary, but I know to, like I said, a version of me from even 20 years ago, I would have, uh, well, you know, early on in my corporate career, your identity in a, in my identity in a corporate uh, setting was, um, I'm capable, I'm capable, I'm confident, um, I'm super good at, at these things, and you should want to work with me because I can, I can help you do really well on that team doing these things. And it goes, you know, it's, it's good for the company. It's good for the customers. Ideally, it's good for everybody, right? So you want to be that team player, but that, that sense of commitment to those things sometimes doesn't allow you to be reflective on, okay, but what if, what if I'm not as good as I think I am, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, what if I have more to learn in that area, but I'm, I'm so busy coming across as the expert in this that I'm, I don't have the humility to become even a, a better expert based on the new information that's maybe shown up or new research or the way our customers are shifting or the way that our market is shifting or the way the company is shifting, right? It's, it's, it's not as, you're not as responsive uh, 
when you have those blinders on and you're sort of locked and loaded, oh no, this is my narrow identity of who and what I am and I have, I have to commit to this. Commit to a true version of you and the truest version of your light you, you can possibly imagine within yourself. And that system is so much more uh, responsive, reflective, um, truly progressive, progress, not regress, right? But I, I want to support you in that, this ability to, to what if you're wrong, <laughs> right? Uh, whether it's somebody deciding on, you know, a monogamous relationship, marriage, maybe with somebody or, you know, do we want to have, do you want to have kids? You know, well, that would be great. What if you're wrong, <laughs> right? Um, there's just so many possibilities that I, that I personally, even as Joe, wish we would take more consideration and time with. Um, what if the, from a, going back to the political, I don't know if we talked about politics today, but, but my, in the background, me as Joe was thinking about the concept. Oh yeah, we did talk about politics because we talked about the 2020 election and everything really, really ramping, spinning. What if the Republican party and some of their ideas are very wrong? Uh, what if the democratic party is very, very wrong about, about what it thinks will work with certain things? Um, that's, that's healthy to to question what you think is right so that you're more open to better ideas we're so locked into no we have the best ideas and it's so unpopular now for a leader to be unsure to be uncertain um but okay this is what we think will work uh wouldn't this be great to have even a political official especially one at a really really high level to say okay everybody uh we thought when we did this 30 years ago, we thought it would lead to this. Now when we look at it, it actually hasn't had the outcome that we thought it would. And what we actually see is there were a lot of negative side effects that make that idea not good anymore. Um, so we're revisiting this, this and we're going to instead try this. And the reason we're going to try this is because we think it will work this way, this way, and this way. Now we know that some of you won't like it because you're probably concerned about this, this, and this. And we're concerned about those things too. Here's what we've done in this plan to minimize those risks. We're going to look at this. We're going to, you know, we've got this built into the program and we're going to be monitoring it uh, independently and in a very non, in an unbiased way, we're going to assess the actual progress to see if what we intended would happen with this program actually happens. And if it doesn't, then you know what? We're going to go back to the drawing board and we'll try something else because this matters. Uh, our constituents matter. This, this country matters. You know, the city matters, whatever. We don't have that. Everybody is just so freaking locked in to, um, to their political career or, or their funding sources or their, their tribes, whatever, that it's so, and it's just not, it's isolated, weird little cases where some, where a leader or political official or public official gives themselves the power and the, the independent logic to really look at, okay, now that plan that we did five years ago, did that actually work? Because somebody, you know, you get that team together and, and go do that. They're like, and they'd be like, well, it didn't work. And you can't say that you're going to, it's political suicide, right? We'll, we'll lose our funding. We'll, you know, they'll vote for the other side. If we, if we admit that this failed, then we failed. No, we didn't. The program failed. We were trying to do something great. And guess what? It didn't work because you can't predict human behavior. So all of these awesome plans and agendas that, that leaders, you know, business leaders, uh, spiritual leaders, whatever. We all have these great ideas about what we think they'll work. That doesn't mean they will. It, it doesn't mean it will move the needle at all. It sometimes it moves the needle in the wrong way. So um, do I believe everyone is capable of this kind of self-reflection? Definitely, especially a group like this. It's, it's healthy, it's powerful. And like that uh, leader that popped in right there, the anonymous one. <laughs> I like their name though. <laughs> um, they, he was encouraging us to really look at this for ourselves so that maybe we do have more models of it. Maybe you're a neighbor, uh, who knows, maybe you're a dentist of somebody that is in a position like that. And you're, you know, sharing in your life, um, in a, maybe a more personal setting of, 
yeah, I was trying to do this thing, but when I really stepped back and look at it, it, it wasn't what we wanted. So we changed plans. I mean, I, I have a very personal example. My family and I thought we wanted to move. Um, I think I was the main motivator. I wanted a newer house. And the house that we were living in was about 18 years old. We'd lived there for 12 years. And I was like, I just want something new, right? So we decided to build a brand new house. We built it in a neighborhood where the houses are really close together. We had much less land. Um, so I was like, oh, it's going to be so great. There's going to be less to take care of. We'll have less in a landscaping bill. We won't have all these mature trees, you know, dropping all these leaves all the time. Um, it's on this big corner. Uh, it's on a corner. So we'll have, you know, we won't have neighbors on all sides of us. So it's going to be great. We didn't like it. <laughs> it was about a year. And I felt like we were living in a fishbowl <laughs> because they're not, we didn't only had, we only had neighbors on one side and yeah, really on one side, but there, that neighborhood, they were filled with walkers. So there were always people walking by on the sidewalks that we didn't have on our cul-de-sac in the other house. So in the our windows, our house was really close to the street. So when people walked by, it was like, felt like 20 feet away and then, hi, you know, or who's in there? Oh, she's getting ready for the day with her blinds that go up from the bottom up to her chest. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like, ugh. we liked more privacy. So we were there a year. <laughs> and then it just so happened that this house that I really loved, the one that we're in now, um, happened to come on the market. I loved it before, but it was, we were in a different situation than we couldn't afford it. Uh, we didn't want to, anyway, we didn't do it it came back on the market. <laughs> so it turned out that we ended up moving into this house. We, somebody wanted our old house, so we didn't lose any money on it. Thank God. Um, so I think we actually made a little bit. I know we broke even at least. Um, but it was a, it was a mistake. We, we had really good reasons on paper for why we wanted to move. And then it's like, oh, no, <laughs> let's not, let's, let's do a do-over. Right. And so, yeah, my husband and I both could have been like, no, we made a decision. We got to stick with it. I'm so glad we just said, let's get out of this. Let's do something that's better for us. And we are so happy here. We've been here three and a half years in the new house. It's yeah, we're back. Yeah, we've still got the, now we've got mature trees again. There's a lot of leaves that fall and the landscapers are here all the time doing stuff, but we can do that. We're in a situation where that's okay. And the privacy, and it's even more private than what we left. It is a newer house than what we left initially. So it's, you just never know. Um, you never know before you make a big decision, if it's really going to go the way you think it will. So the power to say, and it, I mean, it's okay to say, it didn't turn out the way we thought, or I made a mistake. I was wrong. I've apologized to my family at least five times that I'm so sorry we ever moved uh, from the other one. I think this is better, and I think they do too, but we never needed to go to that in-between house for a year that now the new owners love. So yay, see, somebody else loves it. It's great for them. <laughs> yeah, okay, so just a funny little example there, but it's a, it's a good example that fits for a lot of different situations. I've definitely had that in jobs in my life where I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I'll leave the bank. I'll go to work for the hospital for financial analyst position. This will be better. And then that was about a year too, by the way. It was about a year and I was like, oh shit, what have I done? Like this, I'm not happy here. This isn't what I thought it would be. Um, and that's when I went to Hewlett Packard was the next spot. Yeah, so yeah, maybe my team's like, maybe you were better at this even long ago than you thought you were. I guess maybe I, <laughs> maybe so. Okay, anyway, let's open up the chat room for those of you that are live if you want to ask questions about this or something related. Um, yeah, but I like what we've done here today. I love that that leader came through. That was fun. Okay, how you doing? Hi, Diane. She's saying, Jill, the fear of vaccine mandates is so great for me as a mother of formerly vaccine-damaged autistic child, how could I better perceive of this threat and make choices for my family? Expatriation, uh, remaining steady on my path and how to educate my children and their choices, right action are the possible reactions. Yeah. Oh, first Diane, I'm just giving you a huge hug. Oh, I'm so sorry that that happened um, with your child. And um, I'm assuming you've done your research regarding the vaccines and that that was the cause of the autism and things like that. I, um, I'm, I'm still not sure. And in terms of what to, what, what I believe is true, I think it's really hard right now to get good data. I know there's 
great data, um, and the, the, here's the two camps again, right? The pro-vaxxers are convinced that they have all the data needed, that not just their vaccinations, that their safety for their own families and, and selves, but that, that everyone should do them, right? And then I have friends that are very much in the anti-vaccination category, and they've got great data that they've been very intelligent, and they're talking about you know, the, the harms of it. Um, so I've, I've kind of leaned more towards, I mean, I don't get a flu shot. I, I am suspicious <laughs> of the, uh, uh, and it's so, and part of me is just like, really, you know, you really think the government would do a program to harm its own citizens. Um, again, so this, there's the downside of being so open. I can actually see all sides of this and I can easily flip to one side or the other. And I, I, I'm for vaccinations. Thank you so much for your example, Diane, because for me as human Jill, I'm, I'm pretty aware of, of all the different sides, not very well researched, but, but I get enough that I, I, I respect both sides, truly respect both sides that they are trying to do the best they can with what they know, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, my kids got their vaccinations, uh, their earlier ones, and then not some of their later ones. We had conversations about it. Um, I do think that well-intended, you know, CDC officials and things like that are like, well, you know, this is what we should do because the, you know, the benefits outweigh the risks and things like that. But I, I mean, I do believe that pharmaceutical companies and other, not just for-profit institutions, but, but government institutions are sometimes motivated to not look at the bigger picture or to not want to look at the, the specific, maybe individual instances where, where it's not healthy for somebody and it is harmful for somebody. I think that there are a lot of uh, human motivations that, that could be well-intended or well-messaged that justify overlooking some of the real harms or some of the real dangers. Um, I mean, it's all humans involved in this and there's inherent flaws in, in, in that alone. So God, it makes it hard though. Right. And Diana, right there with you as a mom, it's like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? It's like, I've got to make decisions for you guys too. <laughs> I mean, if I make a mistake, I can say I screwed up, but I don't want to say, Hey, I screwed up. I'm sorry. You got polio or something like that. So Anyway, or measles, I guess, is the big one that's coming out lately. Anyway, so it sucks. It absolutely sucks. And I have had clients in private sessions say, you know, we've been pregnant and my husband wants to vaccinate and I don't want to vaccinate. What should I do? And I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but it's a, it is an important conversation. And I mean, I take pharmaceutical medicine sometimes and, um, and with them, I'm, I'm just like, okay, let me try this out. And see how I feel. But obviously, like Diane, with your case with your child, once once you do it, you, you can't go back and say, okay, I was wrong. I can stop taking it. Vaccinations are a really weird thing. Um, but if I were in the camp of anti-vaxxing, I would be very aware of um, the policies in my state. Um, I'm not sure you mentioned expatriate. Um, I'm not sure where you're from, where your uh, official residency is or nationally, where's your passport says versus where you live. But I would definitely be looking at that. I'm shocked at how many anti-vaxxers, um, especially that are maybe younger and just thinking about having kids or starting to have kids. Now, I, now I'm not shocked. I'm, I, I sympathize with them that they're like, oh shit, I live in California and like vaccines are required. Vaccines are required. I, in Idaho, we have an opt out. All, all you have to do is sign something that says I'm opting out and you're done. That's it. Now, will it always be that way? I don't know. Um, that pro vaccination camp is very powerful, right? So it could be that in my state that that changes. My kids are older now, so it's less of an issue. But at, at this point, there's still choices um, in at least the USA in terms of what state you live in, um, where you're going to find maybe more choices. So yeah, so oh, I love you. So sorry. And hugs to you. Okay, hey, Martin. Uh, Martin is saying, hi, Jill, thanks for this. I am lost in this whole true versus false debate. Isn't this also a polarity? Okay, I'm going to stop right there and not read this part just for a second while I answer that big question. 
I used to think, and Martin, I'm not sure how long you've hung out with me, but I used to feel that nothing was right and wrong and it's all just neutral and the zero point frequency is where you want to be because then you just choose what's right and wrong for you. And then at one point um, I realized, and I would recommend the Spirituality 501 series for you if you haven't watched, I think it's nine videos. I add some new videos sometimes to that series. Um, but we did talk about it in more detail there. But in a nutshell here, at some point I realized, wait, it murder is wrong. Um, lying is wrong, <laughs> right? I know there's a gray area with lies and things like that. But um, there are some things that I, that I know are wrong and I'm not okay pretending that they're not wrong. Okay, hate, famine, war. There's some obvious things that are wrong <laughs> in this reality. And then as I looked at it, I was like, well, my eternal self, def you know, do you, does my eternal self, does, does through my connection, do I know that our eternal selves are also thinking that some things are wrong? And they're like, yeah, there's a lot that's wrong <laughs> on, on earth. Uh, so why, you know, and I said, well, why are there so many spiritual people pretending that nothing is wrong? And they're like, they're experimenting, Jill. They're experimenting with, what is it? What is a more expanded view of consciousness? Um, that is not a more expanded. The idea that nothing is wrong, or that nothing is true or false, that everything is just neutral and who you are determines what's right and wrong. I'm. I'm. I tried that out myself, and I decided I was wrong. <laughs> that there was nothing that was wrong. <laughs> Pun. Okay. So now I I get it. And what we said in, I think it was, what was it? I think it was podcast number 203, um, and maybe it was the Kuan Yin message uh, that was in the monthly members group for February, not sure. Anyway, where we said, we're talking about the eternal truths that are true whether you believe them or not. And there are truths, and I, I love, and we have gotten much clearer about that as I've become more open to this idea that no, there are rights and wrongs, there are truths and false falsehoods. Um, and I love to offer my perspective based on my connection with what I am shown and see and experience as things that are true, whether you believe them or not. Okay, so those are sort of like the eternal, eternal truths. Um, and it does give a different system, but I'm not telling you what to believe, Martin. I, I, I want you to consider it and reflect for yourself what you think is true. If it's working out great for you that you don't think there are truths and falses, <laughs> then if that whatever's work if you have something that's working for you then please don't let me get in your way right for me it didn't work um and i feel that uh, i'm shown that the more in alignment our human consciousness and awareness system and belief system can be with our eternal self the more empowered if you will uh, to be our one and to be a, a, an awesome one, a high vibe, uh, like positively moving upward spiraling one versus when we are pretending something is true that our eternal self is out of alignment with. Okay, so I try to be really clear and our eternal self looks at it this way, not just mine, but all eternal selves look at our world and say, this is screwed up. And I offer that and you can agree with me or not. So there's your free will, right? But I'm going to be super, I'm very clear about uh, this is what I'm shown as true or not true. Um, and it does lead into judgment. And I'm okay being called judgmental now. Um, I know there was this huge wave, very similar to what we were just talking about. Well, you know, who's judging? Like, oh, are you judging? And I, when I, the more personally, I, I feel so personally connected, and I know a lot of you guys do too, to Jesus. Yeah, also known as Yeshua. And the more that I, I, connect with him and he has a member of my team that he is and I'm sensing he's probably a member of your guys's team eternal self energy too because it's not just one being in the all that is um everybody can incarnate with some Jesus <laughs> on board <laughs> okay um the more I realized how opinionated he is and I'm okay with the idea that opinion being opinionated and being judgmental can kind of go hand in hand I'm not I'm not fearful of being called judgmental. I'm not telling anyone, am I? Any, or maybe I am. I'm not meaning to say that someone is, is what am I? Yeah, how do I want to put that? Because what I was about to say, I'm not telling anyone what to do and that what they're doing is screwed up and that they shouldn't do it anymore. But I think I am in some ways. I do have an opinion about what people are doing and what they're not doing. Um, but I'm also owning that it's just my opinion. <laughs> so is my opinion informed in a different way than most people's opinions? 
most likely, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm overriding anyone's authority to do whatever the fudge they want to do, right? My 13-year-old asked last night if she could get a nose ring. I'm not a nose ring kind of person. Um, so I said, no. <laughs> and she said, why? And I said, I just am not into that, Georgia. <laughs> and she said, well, could I get one high on my ear? And I was like, no. And she was like, why? And I said, because it, it's all in the same genre of, of, um, of a cat. Of, I just don't like it. I said, I'm opinionated about that. Um, so if you want to do that, then when you're 18 and you're supporting yourself, then you can do any of those things that you want to do. But at 13, I do have a say in what she does and doesn't do. And not fully, obviously, she's her own one as well, that she's 13, and we're responsible for her in a lot of ways. So I get a say, and I said no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not into tattoos either, you guys. I don't have any tattoos. Now, I have friends that are totally tatted up, um, and I can appreciate a beautiful tattoo. If I'm at you know the coffee place or whatever, and tattoos are very common at the Dutch Bros where my daughter gets her stuff, gets her... Uh, rebel drinks and those sorts of things, I can be like, wow, that's, that's a beautiful tattoo, right? But I, you will not find a tattoo on me because it's not who I am. But I don't judge a person that has tattoos. I make different choices though. It's not, I'm not into that. So yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We can still be friends and love each other. Okay, Pat is saying, did you feel strong chaotic energy yesterday? I was very thrown off energetically feel better today. I felt uh, a chaotic wave a bit on I think it was Oh, yes, it was yesterday. Yes, yes. There was this sort of like what is going on? So yes, I did Pat. Okay, hey, Sherry, she's saying thank you, Jill. Great message. And it hits home personally, on so many levels family, religious organizations, political divide, really appreciate the reminder to reflect and allow our one to prevail. I appreciate your openness about making mistakes and correcting them, especially as it relates to moving. We are facing that currently in our winter space, which is not working out like it did at first. Why are we humans so hard on ourselves on a practical level? Because we purchased furniture. <laughs> You've made me realize the new owners will love the furniture. <laughs> I love you on the team. Oh, that's fun, Sherry. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> okay, very good. Hi, Tom. He's saying the guidance you offer today, Jill, is so extremely valuable and important to realize. It applies in so many contexts. And the more we apply the willingness to question beliefs, etc., the better off we'll be. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna be able to read all of these. Okay. All right, you guys. And I do feel, I know I have some other things I need to work on today. So I'm probably wrapping up here. Yeah, very good. Yeah, good. Okay, Suzanne is saying, love the message today, Jill. I'm grateful that I haven't been influenced in my beliefs for most of my life, even as a child, because of circumstances in my life. This has allowed me to study, observe, and decide for myself, even within the teams and groups I may choose to participate in by adding my light and love to support a common cause that I feel is important. XO, very good. All right, you guys. I am over time that I and I need to get to other stuff today. So apologize if I'm cutting it short. I didn't get to all the chat questions and comments. And thank you for being here. For those of you that are live, thank you for being here. For those of you that are listening to the recording. If you liked it, thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving a review. If you're watching this on iTunes or something like that. Um, thank you for sharing it, um, commenting. I appreciate appreciate all of those things. It definitely helps with the algorithms in the in the internet world, um, and I greatly appreciate it. I I do I love what we're doing here. I love the support that we have. I love the insights that we have, and I yeah I just I love what we're doing alongside each other, and I feel so grateful to be alongside you, and so happy that that we're here. It's not always easy, right? Uh, and yeah, anyway, I love you guys. So please check out my website, jillreneefeeler.com. You can look for upcoming events um, in the, there's a calendar section on the far right. 
Um, you can look for JRF Travel, I think is in the, the upper or in-person events. You can look and see what's coming up if you wanna get together in person for something. Private sessions can be booked there. Um, I have the John Burgos event coming up uh, a week from tomorrow on February 27th. So my, yeah, that's right. Um, I won't be doing a live uh, gifted, the gifted podcast like this next Tuesday, uh, mainly because of the event with John um, on Wednesday, the 27th. Okay. And we are putting together another, uh, a new series for that special offer. And I am excited about what we're doing there. So anyway, I don't want to give the giveaway, give away what we're doing there. But um, but we've been on a roll with some really important things. And it feels good to uh, go deeper and have a kind of a set series on that on some of these concepts. So there we go. Okay, so I'd love to invite you to check that out. um, If you feel led. All right. Okay, I think that's it. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. I love you. And I honor you and respect your one. And I hope that what we're doing here is helping you love and respect and honor your one as well. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye-bye for now.